this together. It's a declaration of faith that we make before we minister the word. This is my Bible. God's written living word to me. It reveals to me who God says I am and tells me what God says I can have. Because it's how he thinks, I choose to believe and act on what I'll read. And thus I am transformed. Amen. Earlier this week, I received a word prophetically that had already been going on in both my life and in my thinking. And when I got this word prophetically from a member of the church here, one of our elders, it, it really ministered to me, and I, I knew immediately that I needed to share it with you. And so I'm going to. It's the word incubation. Webster's defines incubation as to maintain under conditions favorable for hatching. To maintain under conditions favorable for hatching or development or reaction. There's a second meaning to this word that's interesting. It has to do more with being in a laboratory where the circumstances are very controlled and you keep or maintain a certain temperature so that whatever needs to be incubated is being developed in that time of incubation. You, you don't see the final result yet, but there's life going on. Are you getting me this morning? You don't see the result yet, but there's life happening behind that. You're not seeing the fruit completely, but God's got his hand on that thing. He's controlling what's going on in your life. Hallelujah. And it's coming forth. It's being incubated. There's a third definition of this, which I found really beautiful in relationship to our scripture this morning and the thoughts I want to share. Listen, to develop slowly without outward or perceptible signs. This is a perfect day, Mother's Day that is, for us to talk about how that things develop slowly in our lives, often without perceptible signs, and often because of the ability of a female, a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, to be an incubator for the things of God. It's interesting to me that before Adam named Eve, in chapter 1 and verse 27, I think we'll have it on the screen here. I want you to notice something. So God created man. This is chapter 1 now. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, if you'll look in your text, this is before Eve is fashioned out of a rib taken from Adam's side where God puts him to sleep in chapter 2 
puts Adam to sleep and takes one of his ribs and fashions Eve and brings her to the man. And then Adam gives her her name. But notice, before any of that happens, when God's creating Adam, he creates him male and female. You see, really, in the Hebrew text, it's the Adam of God. So, in this one creation of Adam, we have the best that's male, and we have the best that's female. It's classical in many Christian circles for women to be looked down upon because they, quote, were created after Adam, many think. And then the woman's the one who ate first and sinned. She was deceived and sinned first. And then she was the one that was cursed with this curse. And your desire will be for your husband. But according to chapter 1 and verse 27, when God created Adam, it says he created them, plural, male and female. Interesting. Before she's ever named. You see, it wasn't until after the fall that the real name Eve takes place as the mother of all living. So we've briefly discussed key aspects of the fall in previous sessions together. And first and foremost is this belief that we will become like God, knowing good and evil, if we partake. That was the, that was the temptation. You, Satan, or excuse me, God knows you'll become like him if you'll partake of the tree. And so the great deception of sin is that you and I are incomplete. Ladies, the great deception of teaching that has been pervasive throughout Western Christianity is that somehow and in any way you are less. The man is first. The man's more important. The man has more revelation. The man is superior. The man comes first. The woman serves the man. And none of that is actually in the Genesis account or in the Hebrew language. In fact, the very temptation that the enemy brought to Adam and Eve was, you're incomplete, you need something more, and if you'll eat of this, God knows you'll become like him, knowing both good and evil. All sin stems from a, in, a sense of inferior incompleteness that we do not really belong to God and we're not actually everything that God created us to be. But in chapter 1, verse 27, when God creates Adam, male and female, he creates them. They're perfect. Nothing missing. Nothing absent. Ladies, look at the person sitting next to you and say, you know what, I'm perfect. Nothing's missing. Now look, at, look to the person next to you on the other side and say, you know what? I'm perfect. Nothing's missing. That's the way God designed it. So Adam 
was the reflection of the masculine and feminine aspects of the divine. Adam was the reflection of both the masculine and the feminine aspects of God. Did you know that God is both masculine and feminine? He's both male and female? He has to be because when he created Adam, both of those came out of him. The scripture says he created them in his likeness, in his image. And that was the temptation. That's where all sin starts. You're not in the image of God. You're incomplete. God knows you need something more. So if you'll smoke this joint, you'll be more complete. If you'll run around on your wife, you'll feel better. You'll be more complete. God knows that if you get into this relationship, you'll have something that right now is missing. God knows that if you get this house and you get this car and you get this career and you get this amount of money in your bank, that what's really missing in your life will be satisfied. And so, of course, all of sin is centered in that sense that we're somehow incomplete and we're outside the identity of God. At the moment of the fall, She's no longer known as Adam. She becomes Eve. Now, in the Hebrew, the word Eve means life giver. And God says in chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, let's look at this together. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. Now, the temptation has already occurred. They have fallen into sin. And judgment has come. And in verse 20 and 21, Adam calls his wife's name Eve. Prior to that, she was not known as Eve. They were known as Adam. And they were complete. They were in his perfect image. But here, Adam gives her a name, Eve. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So we've, again, in previous lessons, learned about this clothing and this issue with shame and guilt and how that was never part of the original creation that all enters in as we respond to this idea that somehow we're incomplete. We're not everything the Father wants us to be. Now, when it says that Adam is the father, it means that he is the strength of the house. But listen to this. Eve is the glue that keeps the house or family together. Wow, ladies. So while the father, which means strength, might be the strength of the house, I don't know if the mother is the one that keeps the house and the family together. Is there really a superiority in that? Both are needed to complete the divine. 
And so we have the life giver being the glue that keeps the divine family together. And it's interesting that it's through her that the light of revelation comes. Not only is this true spirituality here that we're talking about, but we're talking about very practical terms. The Christ, who's the revelation of the Father, will actually build his church. And he comes from her loins. So here's Paul's words. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. What was Eve's name? I mean, what did her name mean? Life-giver. Isn't it interesting? The first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. In the judgment of Satan, you remember in Genesis chapter 3, when God brought judgment and told Satan what was going to happen, do you remember the judgment that was pronounced? You will go after her heel, but she's going to crush your head. Prophetically speaking of the fact that it was actually through the woman, not the man, that God was going to continue his life-giving presence. Who is Paul referring to when he says that the last Adam is a life-giving spirit? Well, of course, in one sense it's Christ. But it's not without direct reference to Eve herself, the life giver, through whom the Christ came. So actually, this thing can blow your mind if you look into the Septuagint, not just the Hebrew, but the Septuagint compared with the Hebrew. Listen to this. The word employed is life in the absolute, absolute life. When it's speaking of Eve. In other words, and Adam called his wife absolute life or life eternal. That's what's in the Septuagint. Adam called his wife life eternal. And isn't that the name? Isn't that the spiritual reference that Jesus uses to refer to our life if we believe on him? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but will have everlasting life. John writes, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Ladies, women, not just moms, just ladies. What a high calling. What a beautiful thing that since the time of the garden you have been incubating the deliverer in your womb, the womb of your life, the womb of your spirituality. You have been incubating the Christ who was to come and crush the head of Satan. Everything in the scripture, when we understand the original languages that it was written in, elevates all women into the highest of position. Certainly nothing secondary. Certainly nothing subservient. Certainly in no way is a woman to be under a man. 
They share. In fact, here's the word Peter uses. Joint heirs together of the grace of life. Oh, ladies, you missed a good place to shout. So as we use this day each year to celebrate moms, what we're actually doing, all of you women, we're celebrating that it's actually out of your spiritual womb as a life giver that you have been incubating into the earth all that's prophetically spoken, not only about the Christ, but about your entire family, your friends, everyone you touch, out of your loins spiritually comes the deliverer, the life giver. You have that beautiful call and responsibility. Every once in a while, I will watch something on the internet or television that brings me to tears. And then I'll watch it again and again and again. And each time I do, I cry longer and harder. Such is what I'm about to show you. I, yeah, thanks on Mother's Day. But here, I, I, I need to set this up. This is from the competition called Britain's Got Talent. Simon, one of the infamous, he's the infamous uh, judge. He's sitting on the far right. He's also the one introducing the contestant. He does something, you'll see it, that puts the whole crowd and the singer on edge. There will actually be two songs that you will hear from this singer. They're not complete songs, and if you know these competitions, they're shortened versions anyway, and uh, you'll understand here. So this is not going to go on and on. In fact, the songs are very short. The second song is called With You, and it's from a very famous play, Broadway play, called The Ghost, referring to, how many of you saw the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and, okay, so there's a Broadway play now that's resurrected uh, the ghost. And um, this is a, a, I mean, it's it's the key song from that play. Here's what I want you to do during this now. Keep your eyes on the little girl, which happens to be this woman's daughter. Watch her. Anytime the camera pans to this little girl, I want you to watch her carefully, every shot, all the way through. And as you do, I want you to remember the theme of our time this morning, incubation. What I want you to hear is not so much the song and the words to the song, although it is stunning and beautiful. I did not choose it for Mother's Day. I chose it because of what you will see in the expression on this little child's face as she relates to her mother. It so speaks of this incubation, this life-giving that you ladies uniquely do throughout the earth. Should we get out there and get it going? Come on, let's do it. You'll feel better when you're out there. Best of luck. On to the store. Have fun. Enjoy. Hello. 
Hi. Your name is? Sean. Okay. How old are you? I'm 31. And where are you from? Um, I'm originally from Nuneaton in Warwickshire. And do you work, Sean? Yes, I do. I'm an accounts manager. You got kids? Yeah, three. They're What's all you? here as well somewhere, yeah. Okay, so why have you left it till now to come on a show like this? Um, if I'm honest, I, I just get really scared. <laughs> just, it just, yeah, scares me a bit. And you're scared of what? Someone saying to you, you're not very good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> I mean, if you're at all worried about someone saying, didn't like your singing. I, did, I didn't put myself here. Right, and I, who did? I, my, my daughter actually applied on my behalf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, not much pressure then. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. Good luck. She was lost in so many different ways out in the darkness with no Okay, Sean. It was so jolly and happy and horrible that it it wasn't emotional. The with you, can you sing that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Please. I'm trying. I think I'm thinking it's the beginning, sorry. Hang on, hang on. Start again, start again, start again. It's okay. Proper nervous now. I picked up your shirts this morning. I don't know why. I don't know why. And every place. We ever walked And everywhere we talked I miss you Never leave my mind So much of you Is left behind you Thinking it's your call Everyone says it's all in my head I can't accept it yet I keep that you just give in I know that I can live with this pain These feelings of regret Every place I want to be I want to see
so much. Thank you so much for your support. That was lovely. First of all, congratulations on what you just did. Why I really liked that second song, apart from the fact I love the song, is that you weren't prepared for it. And it was just the fact that you were just actually so much more relaxed. And I really felt that we were listening to who you really are. Uh, I thought it was great. Really, really, really good. It was really, really moving. The children will be very proud. Yeah, you're very lucky she signed the application form for you. So, now we have the real moment of truth. David. It was like watching a caterpillar turn into a butterfly. I'm going to say yes. It's a yes from me. It's a yes from me. You've got four yeses. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ladies, listen to me. You will never know, even through your darkest hours, your worst mistakes, you're feeling like it's not coming together, it's not going to happen. I'm, my life is an embarrassment. You'll never know what you carry and how you're actually changing the lives of everybody around you. Stay faithful. Do your best and know that living on the inside of you from the time of Eve is something so supernatural. You gave birth to the deliverer. And ladies, everything you touch is in some way God's going to use it for his blessing. Let's stand.